ka-ching, ka-ching, bling, bling, bling. This episode of Monocycle is brought to you by StockX, an auction house for designer handbags by the likes of Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Hermes, and Goyard. Wow! In-house experts authenticate everything sold on StockX, and nothing is ever fake, unlike my eyelashes and butt. All the things sold are in great condition, and you never have to worry about the sellers because StockX deals with them. Bid the price you want for the bag you want and wait for offers to roll on in. There are two ways to buy a bag. Either you click buy now or place a bid to indicate what you're willing to pay. That's personally my preference. And now, Monocycle. Hello! Welcome back to Monocycle, a podcast by Man Repeller, hosted by Leandro Medine, or the artist formerly known as Malcolm Gladwell. I might start introducing myself as Guy Raz, but I'm not really sure if I should do that yet. This week's episode centers around our theme of the month, which is family. Of course, a theme of the month on Man Repeller is never really as literal as it seems, so the programming that we have slated is less how to deal with your brother, more what does your work family look like? Do you believe in the notion of a family that you choose? This is often used to describe your friends or the people that you decide are your sisters, brothers, parents, etc., 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 The greatest part, in my opinion, of our Welcome to the Theme Month stories are the reader suggestions that always appear in the comments below the stories. And the majority of the ones that clocked in for Family Month revolved around how to deal with the hard or really complicated parts of being part of your de facto family. This makes a lot of sense, because unlike in friendship, you kind of can't just tap out with family. They're there and yours forever. So how do you make the best of it, even if it doesn't always or often or ever feel like it's the best? One particular commenter mentioned her relationship with her mother and something to the effect of learning how to emancipate herself from her mother. This one really, really resonated with me, because if I'd seen it like a year ago, I would have sent her a link to a story that I wrote on Man Repeller called Mom's a Moot Point, which is what I wrote when I was trying to do the same exact thing, i.e. emancipate myself from my mother. The truth is, if I'd seen the comment a month ago, I probably would have sent her a link to that piece anyway. I mean, I'd send it to her now also, but the point is that my narrative or the conclusion to that story has changed in the time since I wrote it. That story, by the way, essentially detailed the plight of being an only daughter. I have three brothers, but nary a single co-conspirator to carry the weight of my mother's reliance on me. I wrote it while I was really angry at her. We'd been fighting a lot because, frankly, I'd been acting like an asshole. But in response, instead of taking the higher road or, you know, being the mom, she just acted like an asshole back. A good crystallization of that piece can be heard in this excerpt. This is the way traditional family plots unfold. Child grows up, gets married, pursues family of her own, and parent feels as though he or she is worth less. Not worthless, but worth less. This feeling spirals. Parent becomes insecure, sometimes acting out. Insecurity forces mom mask off. 
child either does or does not process this, but if said child is emotionally intelligent enough to recognize what's happening, parent is hurt. He or she responds, look mom, I'm sorry for how I treated you on Friday night. It was uncalled for and you made a delicious dinner which I really needed. The parent's feelings of insecurity is suspended. Child casts aside his or own feelings, i.e. fuck you devil woman, to ensure that parent is doing okay. Mom mask stays on, but child recognizes, perhaps even appreciates that it is a mask and that even parents are human. I hate myself because in spite of my own sense of emotional awareness, parent is no doubt hurt. I so deeply lack the maturity to be there for my mom, even though I know she needs me. She's a middle-aged, empty-nesting orphan. So what do you do when you're at this complex inflection point? When your mom needs you, but obviously, given your incapacity to support, you too still very much need her. That's the excerpt. I published this story last year on November 16th, and I was put in my place a couple of days following the story's publication when I learned that I was pregnant with a non-viable fetus. My mom dropped everything that she had going on and came with me everywhere I needed her to be. She spent 48 hours by my bed watching Friends reruns with me while I cried and ate a bagel even though she hates bagels, and I felt so guilty for not having given her what I knew she both wanted and needed just a week earlier. Some love and attention and appeasement, just some excitement about life, about anything from me. But all I wanted was to, you know, emancipate myself. Sometimes I feel like I started going by Cohen as my last name, almost to resent her, to separate myself, to literally attempt that emancipation. I thought for sure I had learned my lesson following the end of my pregnancy, that forever henceforth we would be cured, because really, without my mother, what support did I have from the rich life I lived pre-marriage? But it was only a matter of time before I forgot. We never really marvel in the everyday moments. I went back to resenting my mom for the dumbest reasons, the way she would use a period to punctuate her text messages or nag me to call my dad. I even hated and took personally the serving platters she used to entertain. I don't know why, but then something happened last week while I was moving, and this is just last week, so we're talking about a year. My mom had been asking if I needed help with the move for weeks, and I kept saying no until I finally said yes, and then she came to help me move, and we spent the entire day from around 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. together unpacking my books and my kitchen and clothes and neatly storing them where they needed to go. I looked over at my mom a couple times while we were doing that and noticed how comfortable, at ease, happy she was. She did it with so much pleasure in her step. We had so many good laughs while we were at it. And after she left, I had this really visceral thought. On the one hand, I thought, wow, all it takes to make this woman happy is to spend some time with her child. I can't even do that? Give her that pleasure? And that really, really stuck with me. The other thing I thought was... What would I do if she wasn't here? I started picturing my life and my brother's lives and my dad's life without her, and it was really bleak. For as much as I've tried to turn her into a stormy, depressive cloud, which I really have, responsible for all my worst qualities, but none of my good ones, she's really kind of a ray of sunshine for my family. She sort of keeps us together. 
Now, I know I said this already, but I'll say it again because chronology is not my thing, but it's almost exactly a year since I wrote that piece, Mom's a Moot Point. And now I'm 22 weeks pregnant, and so far, thank God and science that things seem to be going okay. But I struggle with a new tension because I know how much I'm going to need my kids eventually, the way that my mom needs me, and I feel it viscerally in a way that I've never felt that before, not even when I was pregnant the first time. And that's the position that my mom is in now and I get it and I empathize with it and I sympathize with it. Am I learning to give her more? I think so. Is it still really hard? Yeah. There are times where I feel like she's doing things specifically to spite me, even though of course she's not. And sometimes I think I've made this monster out of her based on the way I perceive her to be and not at all based on how she actually is. But what's the point I'm actually getting at here? It's one about how we treat our parents. Of course there are exceptions, unique circumstances that don't allow for a genuine relationship to manifest or evolve. But if you're trying to emancipate yourself, if you've convinced yourself that you hate your parent to his or her chagrin, I encourage you to ask yourself why. To remember that we don't actually become our parents unless we let ourselves become them. We probably get frustrated to see ourselves developing character traits we don't necessarily like that we feel are adopted from our parents. But if you see that happening, that's a great step. And you can incur change because you're you and no one gets to decide how or who you are except for you. Also though, is it really so bad if and when we do become our parents? I've been fighting this tenet for years, but now I'm just thinking, 22 weeks pregnant, if I love my kids half as much as my mom loves me, if I will be willing to drop anything to come and unpack a kitchen for one of my daughters, if I can be as selfless and do for them as much as my mom has done for me, Man, I'll be proud. So cut her some slack. She probably deserves it. And I don't want to mitigate your feelings of needing to emancipate yourself from your mother because I know what that's like also. And sometimes you just can't fight the resentment for whatever reason. And you got to go through the process. You know, everything in life is a process if you think about it. And, and no two roads or quote-unquote journeys look the same. And sometimes getting into the thick of it and letting yourself feel the resentment and the hate is precisely what brings you back to the love. But I'm hoping that you'll recognize and appreciate that the love is still there, that it doesn't go away, that the only person who cares more about your well-being is probably the parent you're trying to run away from. Hmm. With that, I wish you a happy Friday. Are you going to make the gravy this Thanksgiving or what? Signing off, Cruella DeVille.